Welcome to Calvary Albuquerque. We pursue the God who is passionately pursuing a lost world. We do this with one another. Through worship, by the word, to the world. Um, how many of your mothers here, grandmothers, mother, would you raise your hand? Yeah. Blessings on you. Blessings on you. Um, you know, Jesus said it is a greater blessing to give than to receive. But when you think about that, we usually think about getting cars and clothes and money and, and all kind of things maybe. But it has to be more than that. Um, when I was in seminary, I went through an incredible crisis of faith uh, for about six months um, about the reality of hell. Is there really a place called hell? Is there a real place called heaven? If Jesus is the only way, the Bible says, for man to be saved from anywhere, any culture, anything, and I, I struggled with it. And finally, I fell on my knees and with God's mercy and help, helped me understand, I am God and you are not, he said. Don't try to understand it. I called you to be mine, to feel the pain and agony for the lost and be willing to pay the price. And that settled my problem. That is, I want to be in heaven and look forward to seeing Jesus. But at the same time, what about others who never had a chance to know him and I desperately want to share and take this little life of mine and, and if you'll divide that into 10 million pieces and give it away, it's fine. And so it is with the Mother's Day. Uh, what an incredible time uh, to think some thoughts along this line. In the Gospel of Luke chapter 18, verse 15, we read, People were also bringing babies to Jesus to have him touch them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me. And other places you read in the Gospels, you know, Jesus got mad at the disciples. You know, they were, Oh, by the way, you understand my English? Last evening, uh, somebody said I spoke a little too fast. You know, I don't want you to think I'm speaking in tongues for sure. Um, but um, <clears throat> um, but here, here, I mean, I have no doubt. These, when say people were bringing, my, my first impression is it was not men. But how many men carry little babies with diapers and change diapers? And I think, I think it's all mothers. It's usually the mothers that are praying. And even if they are not so godly, but after they get married and have a child, all of a sudden, some switch get turned on on the inside, praying for my child. How many times you cried and somebody asked you, what are you crying about, especially your husband or your children? And he said, nothing. But what was nothing? Actually, you were praying and crying out on the inside and tears just showed up. 
You see the passion, the care, and it, it goes so much. Why? Because we want so desperate our family to know the Lord. You know, I do a radio, daily radio broadcast in the Indian language for 30 years or so, and, you know, sometimes, you know, two or three thousand letters come, response, and 75% of those letters are from women crying out for hope and praying. And can you imagine the role the mothers play? But here I want to ask you, my brothers and sisters, especially you, uh, wives and grandmothers and all that, think about today 285 million untouchables the Dalits in India alone abused, forsaken, illiterate, hungry and desperate and 95% 95% percentage of these people are illiterate they can't read and write. It was one of those telephone calls that changed my thinking and the Lord gripped my heart. January 7th, 2012. Early morning, this call comes from Calcutta. I was in the southern part of India. And our missions leader there, Thomas, said, I'm just sending you this newspaper article. You need to read this. It's hardly, you know, it's impossible to believe, but this hardly, you can believe, happens. Well, the story happened to be in the newspaper called Telegraph. They reported a story of a small community, about four or five hundred families living in huts and shacks, a remote area in West Bengal, and how 50 mothers taking their babies and little boys and girls to the market to sell them. And the media picked it up, and the newspaper reporter asked this lady, you can see her photograph, uh, in, in the picture of just tired and worn out and skin and bones, kind of semi-naked, standing there, and the report asked, why do you want to sell this nine-year-old little girl and this six or seven-year-old little girl? Why do you want, how much you want for these girls? And she responds, I don't care. Even if it's one rupee. Five cents? 10 cents, then she continues. You see, you don't understand. A lot of our people are already dead of starvation. And our kids are dying. We have no school, no hospital, nobody cares. We are the forgotten untouchables. And all I want is somebody take these kids and give them clothes and food and education. At least they will live. The compassion, the care of a mother. Obviously, they did it to make news, to let the world know that they're all going to die unless somebody do something about it. So I told Thomas, I said, can you please verify this is true or not? 
So immediately they go traveling 200 kilometers and found out it was more than true. And within two weeks time, we were able to start a school taking in 160 children, caring for these people, bringing education, teaching them literacy. And if you go there today, you will find that community completely transformed. Women look like women, children look like children. They're singing praise to Jesus and growing and learning and their hearts built back in such a short time. But then, there are a lot of stories not like that. Have you seen the photograph of a mother holding two babies in her arms, looking at it, and you can count, you can see the, 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 the ribs of her body, so, so lost. And the caption reads, she is trying to decide which one she will allow to die. There's nothing left in her skin and bones, her body, to breastfeed these two children. She must make a choice which one she must let die. Please, so that you will not think, oh, Brother KP is telling these horrible stories. This is Mother's Day, happy day. I tell you what. I'm not trying to get you feel guilty or condemned, any of those things. But I'm trying to tell you, my brother, my sister, fast forward 100 years to your present age, nothing, nothing has any meaning. All the stuff we do for ourselves. But there's a world out there, 2 billion people, including mothers. Recently I was in shock when I heard about Thousands of women locked up in cages in the red light district of Bombay and thousands in Calcutta. And then found out how many hundreds of these women having children that are HIV positive. And some of our missionaries went and rescued a hundred children with the consent of these mothers in Calcutta and started a school for them and leading many of these people to the Lord Jesus Christ and bringing hope. The reason I'm saying this to you here. These mothers and fathers, they're bringing children to Jesus because there was a connection with Jesus. They knew Jesus. He was there. He would bless and he will help. But please, I plead with you to understand the world is not just your home, my home and my children and my grandchildren. I'm so happy and blessed that I have a wife that care for the little kids and love them and teach them, train them, pray with them. And they grew up in the atmosphere of grace and mercy and came to Jesus and served God. I have my grandchildren already trying to preach the little one-year-old kid saying hallelujah and all that. But then I think about reality out there, how we must deal with them. Well, how many have seen the movie Slumdog Millionaire? Wow! All of you, those who raised your hand watching the movie, you will go to heaven. The rest of you, <laughs> we'll have to figure that out. <laughs> but you see, I mean, by the way, I only watched a movie one time on DVD. I couldn't do it. I, I was, I, I, I'm not an emotional person much really, but I couldn't stop crying. 
and I, I, I can't watch it. Because it happened to be the story of children on the streets, 100,000 children living on the streets in Bombay, not knowing who their parents are. And this wicked pimp, he comes and collects these kids and he, he, he makes some of the kids cut their limbs off and blind them to turn them into beggars. That is not a fairy tale. And it makes me mad what the devil has done. But in the same slums where the movie are shot, you go to Bombay, we have now Bridge of Hope centers, thousands of children rescued. And they are learning about Jesus. There's one mother that I never can forget her story. She's hardly 35 years old. A mother living in the slum. Her two young girls. Husband, drug addict, alcoholic. He left them. And finally she came to the place. She has no way to feed the babies or the little daughters. And the guy who ran the slum recommends her to go and sell her body to make a living and agrees that he will give her money. It was at that juncture, two of our lady missionaries in the slum going from hut to hut, talking to people to find out what's going on. And that lady that day found hope when she realized Jesus is able and her children were taken to a bridge of hope center. And you may read the story on our website if you care to do that. It's amazing how that whole unit, mother and two daughters, now in the church, in school, and having found life. Of the 63,000 children we have now in our 500 Bridge of Hope centers throughout these nations, I can tell you stories all day long of incredible success and victory and joy and the mothers and the community. But I just want to read you a poem a young boy wrote after he'd been with us for a few years in a Hope center. He comes from a Dalit, untouchable family. His mother's job going into the forest and collect firewoods and go to the market and sell it and get enough money to buy the food. And the story tells what happened to them. He writes about his mother. Dark, skinny body, this was my mother. Eyes sunken with pain, turns and look at us as she disappears into the woods. It is late in the afternoon. We children had eaten nothing all day, waiting and watching for mother after selling the sticks to come home with food. Our father left for a neighboring state, looking for a coolie's job. For untouchables here like us, there is no job except cleaning latrines, that's toilets. Poverty and hunger took its toll. My mother died without help. My brothers and I did not know what to do, wandering on streets all day long. Our father came home, a broken man, held us in his arms, crying bitterly. He sits and gazes into the dark, mutters to himself, I don't know what. The sun rose with bright hope, 
Some kind people took us to school. At first, I didn't know much at all. Now, I know we have hope. Often my eyes seek my mother. I still cry and grieve when I see a dark, skinny vendor of wood. I wish I had money to buy her sticks. I can assure you someday that boy will be a missionary, a doctor, a teacher, a godly husband. So by faith I embrace that family and others and all of us are given the privilege. Um, so that you can see how this thing works. I, I like you to look at a few pictures we have, just a couple of minutes that kind of give you an idea about how we are embracing the lives of these fathers and mothers and communities and bringing transformation, a privilege for them to come to Jesus just like, just as we read in the scripture. She is eight years old. Her home is a hut made of rags. Going to school is an impossible dream. She is a Dalit. Viewed as subhuman by the Hindu caste system, her people are commonly assaulted, raped, murdered. Deep in their hearts, they hunger for love and reassurance, to be told for once that their lives are worth something. Gospel for Asia has long wanted to tell these people that Jesus loves them and offers them hope. But how? Now, God has provided a way to reach them through their children.
Bridge of Hope. You can help build this Bridge of Hope by sponsoring a child today. For $35 a month, you can give a child an education, clothing, food, and medical care. And most of all, you give your child the message of Christ's love and hope for the future. To sponsor your Bridge of Hope child today, simply fill out this card and bring it to the GFA table. You'll receive a picture and information about the child you'll be helping. Just recently, a couple of our people went to visit the country of Myanmar, Burma, where we have some 500 congregations planted through the last 15 years of service there, and one community on the mission field. I just heard the information over a thousand families that have come to Christ. It all began with five years of work among these children and bringing hope. But my life journey and the influence that I had in my life has everything to do with my mother. I grew up in the extreme southern tip of India. I thank God for the privilege to be born in a Christian home. My memory of my mother, she would wake up early morning, like three, four in the morning, and spend two, three hours praying alone in the room before she wake up the rest of the family for family prayer. And she used to say this Bible verse, which I did not know it was in the Bible until I grew up. Whom have I in heaven but you, but on earth I desire no one and nothing beside you. And she would look like that when she said that often. And I used to wonder what happened to my mother. She was hardly four feet, three inches tall, very skinny frame, very fragile. She'd never been sick, hardly. Loved the Lord with all her heart. And when I finished my high school, I remember telling my parents, if they let me, I'd like to go to serve God. I remember she was sitting on a bench by the dining table, and she jumped up and said, Go! I thought, oh, I was an accident. Oh, she hated me. After two years of my life in North India, learning about discipleship and following the Lord, when I came home, 2,000 miles traveling back to South, she was in the kitchen cooking, and she said, come and sit down here. I'll tell you a story that you don't know. She said, remember you said you want to go and serve God? And... Um, yeah, I said, Mother, I remember also what you said. She said, but you don't know the story. She said, of my six boys, you are the youngest. And I prayed all my life that one of you will become a missionary. But all your brothers, as they grew up, they went to business and farming and, and all that. And when you were growing up, skin and bones and timid and shy and withdrawn, I lost my hope completely. <laughs> That's when... She said she decided to fast and pray every Friday, complete fast. For three and a half years, my mother prayed the same prayer. Lord, before I die, I want to see one of my sons serve you. 
And when you made known what you wanted to do, I knew the Lord answered my prayer. For she never told any of her boys what she was praying about. In 1990, I was on the way to South Korea to speak at a conference and I heard my mother was ill when I reached Bombay and I canceled my trip and went down to South. August 27th, 1990, 6.15 in the morning, she passed away. She was 84. The saddest day of my life. After the funeral, of course, our father passed away earlier. We brothers met to talk about our mother. And we all thought she must have left a lot of money in the bank because fairly well to do her children and farmers and we'll give her money but we never saw her spending any money so that's how we concluded that and answering that question one of my brothers said well as far as I know there's not a penny in the bank and this another brother said what happened to all the money he said well I got this notebook and she began, he began to turn pages and said Pages after pages, scribblings of my mother's hand, names of people in Bible schools and missionaries, and against their names, the amount of money she was sending every month, and nobody knew this thing. And she had the notebook under the pillow where she sleep on her bed. And I broke down, began to weep. Not because there was no money in the bank, because two years prior to her passing away, I happened to visit my village and saw my mother wearing the clothes torn, and hand stitched. I was so angry, literally. And I said, Mother, what madness caught in your head? Don't you have any feelings for your sons? You are putting shame on our head and, and putting cow dung on our face. That's kind of words he used to make somebody feel horrible. You know, she has this incredible smile. And she looked at me and said, You little boy, you understand nothing. Someday you will understand. Now I sit in the room. It's as though she walked back into the room with her arms around me, whispering in my ear, my son, now you know. Just like my friends, I could have bought a brand new dress every month if I wanted. But son, I saw something that others didn't see. The last wish she left with us, when I'm dead and gone, the only thing I will leave behind, it's my earrings, my wedding ring, and the gold chain my husband gave me when he married me at the age of 19. I wanted to sell these items and give the money to preach the gospel among people that never heard my Jesus name. I want to meet them also in heaven. If you ask her now, you have regrets about the way you lived your life? She say, you're kidding. And she still says, son, stay focused. This world is not your home. Don't waste it. So, to you, my precious Mothers, sisters, brothers, my admission to you as I close, 
as we celebrate this wonderful day and thank God for the influence of our mothers and our wives and all the people around us, please go with me to a world out there with 62 million child laborers wandering on the streets and millions and millions and millions of precious mothers who never knew, never heard there is Jesus that they can take the children to. And for us to do something about it, if the Lord giving you the grace to do it, I plead with you, don't rush home and the hotels and restaurants will still be there for 24 hours. Please stop by the table and get this card and you can sign up to help one child, two child. There are some who help even 50 children or more. And um, what I did was, according to our children and grandchildren, my wife and I took one child from these places. Now they are part of family. If the Lord directs you, would you uh, sign up to pray and help some of these children? And you can actually get the profile of the child and Several times if they write letters, you can write back to them and um, it become a matter of prayer and embracing them in the name of Christ and through them the community also impacted. And you don't have to give any money to get these profiles today and on the back of the card some instruction all there. But it is not out of guilt or condemnation or you have to know it is my greatest privilege for us to love people and do especially what we can to bring these children to the Lord that he may bless them also. May the Lord speak to us. What binds us together is devotion to worshiping our Heavenly Father, dedication to studying His Word, and determination to proclaim our eternal hope in Jesus Christ. For more teachings from Calvary Albuquerque and Skip Heitzig, visit calvaryabq.org.